0: This is a Think Live Bee production.
1: Are we ready to party? <laughs> Partying on a work day morning. Tuesday morning. It's five o'clock somewhere. I got my um, coffee and we're good.
2: Yes, that's why I like I like doing things in the morning because I get my coffee juices flowing. It's oh, you already you already drink your coffee. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Got gotta get that first thing. I always eat first. Pat Pat doesn't eat till like eleven o'clock, but we get Sean's the
1: same way. Really, he doesn't do breakfast
2: well pat does breakfast but only because i've forced him to over the years but he eats it after coffee whereas i have to eat something like immediately when i wake up i'm starving when i wake up in the morning i have to immediately eat my breakfast and then i have my coffee and then i'm set for the rest of the day just kidding no (laughs) then i crash and i need more energy um but it's it's fun to get started in the morning with with uh with with this podcast. Speaking of podcasts, this is ours. We record here in our home. So if you hear noises in the background, those are our dogs and whatever other activities we have going on in our house that day. Today,
0: there's a tile person upstairs. There's
2: always something. I would love a day where nobody was in this house but me. I'd like a week. (laughs) A week. A
0: week would be nice of of nothing. If but this I'm is starting to it's starting to wear on me.
2: It's self-inflicted. So you have to remind yourself like I know we we did this to ourselves. I know um, we uh, but we have this podcast called Seeking the Best and we just like to talk about we're, we're really big on, you know, finding the best ways to do things, talking through and figuring out um, how to overcome the hurdles in this real estate industry. And I'm Katherine Stelges and across from me is my Director of Operations, Kayla Boundy. Hi. And our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire, Patrick Fatika. Hello. A master of all things. That's me,
0: master of all things.
2: <laughs> including podcasting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and today we're talking about listings because I think... Um, You know for the last two years there's been such a shortage that you probably have like kind of not been able to exercise your skills uh in getting listings taking listings all that stuff because there just haven't been that many listings to have
0: i bet there are lots of people that are listening to this that are in their second year of being an agent that have made decent number of sales and have had no listings ever.
2: That's possible. Yeah. So and and you know, well, okay, I'm going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole. Um oh, sound cute up. Mr.
1: Rabbit. Wait. No, no, no.
2: When you're a newer agent though, buyers are easier to get in general. So it does make sense when you're starting that you would do more buyer sales. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it may have been kind of um exacerbated over the last 2 years where there just were not the same number of listings being taken anyways. I think the number of listings available over the last 2 years is probably historically the lowest it's ever been. Um here in our area we do like a 20 year recorded history, so we can't see further back than that, but I I would put money on it that that was like the lowest of of all of the the time frame of having the lowest listings if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So but when you're working with buyers they're not they're not technically paying you right so although we're not allowed to say that
1: you don't pay us anymore the seller is paying us commission this is no cost to you <laughs> you can't say you can't say it's free anymore but you i think they just want clarity around telling them how you're being paid yes which we always did anyways i just yeah. sometimes i get annoyed
2: by things <laughs> um always changing things on me but anyways, we always would explain that to people that, you know, there's no cost to you directly. The seller pays the commission. And so we do, in a sense, work for free. This is my rabbit hole, is that we do, in a sense, work for free when we're working for buyers, even though we, can, we get paid at the end when they close by the seller. And I think that um, NAR and, and everybody wants us to disclose that so that it's clear to consumers, um, which is fine because we were doing that anyways. But in a sense, you are working for free. If somebody doesn't buy a house,
1: you don't get the money, you don't
2: get the money, which this is why we do numbers and we work backwards from how many appointments do you need to, uh, well, how many closings do you want? And then that will be determined by how many appointments you take, by how many appointments you hold, by how many you set, and then by how many leads you get. Because not everybody that you meet with will actually do business with you. And so- a lot of stuff that we do every day is really working for free, (laughs) to be honest with you. Like, I feel like most of what I did last week felt like working for free. Will I eventually get paid for for some of that stuff that I did? Yes. Some of it I will not, though. So I was working for free. Anyways, back to what we're talking about today. Listings. (laughs) Listings. And With listings So I think that You're going to see More listings Because there's a Natural cycle Like there's been Pent up Probably pent up Demand To list their People's houses Because they felt Like they couldn't Sell and move on To the next thing And so they've been Waiting until there's An opportunity to do that Then you have people Who wanted to try to sell At the top of the market And they've been waiting And now they're realizing Ooh
1: Maybe I missed that Maybe I missed
2: that window um, you can't time the market. So, you know, for all of you out there trying to do that, you, you lost. Okay. Um, I'm like as if we're talking to consumers, <laughs> I know you're all real estate agents listening to this. Um, but anyway, so there's more opportunity to go on listing appointments going forward, most likely. So like in our area, we saw an increase of about a month of inventory more Like before we were under a month for like over the last year and now we crossed over and we're like 1.4 months, which is still crazy low Mm -hmm. and it's more than what we're used to. So sharpening your skills on listings because you might have more opportunities to sit in front of a seller, but of course it doesn't matter if it doesn't get taken. Mm -hmm. And then from there beyond the taken, it has to sell. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you truly are working for free and you're actually paying to market somebody's home and it's just going to sit there. So I was talking with my coach the other day and I was like, I got to like pull out the old marketing books, the old scripts and stuff. And remember like, what did we do when a listing was on the market for longer than two weeks? Mm -hmm. Like what, what did we do differently? So I'm trying to um, refresh my memory on all of that.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. There's I was thinking about that the other day when you have a listing that's you know, you didn't get 30 offers in the first week, you know, and it's like it's not just having that con- those conversations about lowering the price or this or that. It's it's that this is the first round of sellers that are hearing something different than sellers have been hearing. For the last few years, so this these are the f- the first generation of sellers that are hearing something different. By the time you get into the second generation, which would, I would say would be, uh, you know, the people who wanna who want to sell their house right before the end of the year, the that generation, they'll already have heard all of this stuff about the market, and they'll be more more coming to terms with it. Yeah. You've well, got, I think you that's got gonna, a weird situation right now where people are still thinking, um, well, that's not going to be my house.
2: I I think that um, – so it's all about – it's everything is all about expectation setting. But what I'm running into right now is um, I have a tendency to find the sellers who are not ready to do it. I don't know if that's just me. <laughs> they're like – they want to meet now, but they're not actually listing their house for like three months. Mm-hmm. I have a tendency to run into those people and then that we take that listing and then three months later, they're finally ready for photos and a lot has changed in three months. And so the expectations that were set at the initial consultation are completely different. Mm -hmm. And so I find myself in this situation where I'm about to have to have some really difficult conversations with people and I don't want to... (laughs) Um, so I've got to remember, I've got to remind myself how to have those conversations and remember that, um, this is, this is actually part of the job. And most of the time, this is how it is. is. Yes, yeah. And
0: that's why a lot of people get out of the business. Yes. Cause they don't know how to do that and they don't want to do it. And it's, they feel like they're always delivering bad news and yes. all of those things And it. And, and, uh, there's more competition. So they just, you know.
2: And I was thinking about, I was thinking about it like this, um, over the last two years, we've had to deliver bad news. Sure. All the time. It was just a buyers. It's just to buyers. So it's just shift your mindset. The and... difference
0: is that the buyers aren't paying you.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So
0: it's like having to deliver bad news to buyers is we're doing everything we can. Sorry, your offer didn't get accepted. To um I know I said that you would we agreed that this would be the price, but it's actually not gonna be the price, but still you're gonna I need you to pay me what we agreed upon. Well <laughs> like that's a different kind of
2: in fairness, our commission goes down when the sales price does. It's a right. it's a percentage. Yes, of so, course. But so we're gonna talk about a couple of things. Um, number one, so I was gonna just run through like the last batch of listing appointments and where they came from. And then I wanna talk about um the Listing packages. We 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 said we were going to circle back to this, and this is where you have different commission rates. Because I've been using this now. Uh, we I, I learned about it in family reunion. Well, I already knew about it, but I I after family reunion, I said, okay, we're really going to do this now. And I've learned a lot from using it now since, let's say March to now, in what works, what doesn't, and what what I need to tweak on it, especially as we head into a different market. So. First things first, like listings, there's maybe more of them, but it's still like this elusive thing. Like, well, where, how do I get a listing today? Where did, where did you get your appointments? And I always want to know, like, where are people getting their listings from? So I'll just, I'm just going to go through the last like few listings, that listing appointments that I went on and tell you where they came from. Like
0: in the, over the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah. Um, or just until I get tired of saying, <laughs> uh, okay. So one was, um. Team Sphere, Uh, one is farming, Um, another one's from farming, and I'll get into what farming is for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, One was, I would call it SEO, which is search engine optimization, which means that they Googled looking for an agent and found me and I ended up going on an appointment. Um, One was Homelight, one is a past client, past client, past client. Uh, active client referral, Um, office, office call, team SOI. Okay, that's Great. enough. Yeah. But you see like a theme, it's mostly past clients or yeah. sphere, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about this all and the then, time. And
0: then single ones that you can't really like, home light lead, internet lead, like um, search and search engine optimization. Getting a lead from search engine is Boy, do not add that into your uh, well, appointment I always, set because that, that is a rare thing to have happen unless you've been doing it for a while.
2: If you go to so the, the class Bold, um, they used to call that, uh, you you get every now and then you get a come list me mm-hmm. and that's kind of what that is. Now, right. some, sometimes they're interviewing other people, um, but- if you just get this lucky thing out of the blue And it's not really luck It's years and years of putting content out Of putting your name out there Getting reviews Posting different websites Like it's years and years of work That leads to somebody finding you online And yet it still feels lucky in the moment I think we have a whole podcast episode about luck mm-hmm. And so in the moment though It's like ooh A free appointment Like it feels yeah. like I didn't have to do anything for this Well it was actually you know 15 years of work yeah. But those those things that you cannot account for them because you don't know like exactly how they came about. Like even if they know the exact website they found you on, there's no you way don't to n- say know what
0: you did to get to that point. Yeah. All you can
2: do me. is yeah. say, like, okay, I guess I'll continue to do what I've been doing and that will lead to more people finding us online. But there's not a way to like really track that well.
0: Yeah. But most if you if you look at what you just said I would say the majority, maybe half, are past client referral, past client or sphere, team sphere or your sphere or whatever. But and- it's all, it's all like, self-generated leads
2: and those things um those things are by doing the touches by doing the calls by doing the direct mail by doing the emails and and continuing that follow-up over time you can actually track those results and the mrea book the millionaire real estate agent book gives you a model that says you should get um 16 of your like it's two for every 12 people you should get a referral or, or a deal. Mm. So now I know there's some debate over whether those percentages are realistic in today today's realities, mm. but um, still, it gives you a base to work towards. Right. And even if you're getting 10%, that's still something you can track and say, if I do these 40 touches with this group of people every single year, we get this many sales, then I know I can add to that and get more, right? or I can... Um, potentially do more touches to get more. Just depends, but anyways, we we harp on the sphere and the past client so much because if you ask any successful agent like where most of their business comes from, there's going to be outliers, but most people are going to say yeah. that past client or sphere are their top sources. Yeah.
0: It's only 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 are you going to hear anything else when it's a like one of these big 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 teams or brokerages or whatever that buy like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of leads and even and
2: even that i bet really they still if they've been in business a long time past clients still probably one of their top sources if they
0: you know if they're doing sometimes you hear about people that are like come from another industry and they come from another business and they've got a pretty big nest egg and then they can just jump in build a team and throw a bunch of money at it and buy a bunch of leads and then after a few years they build up enough of a sphere base that that works. yeah but if you're a single agent out there just doing it and you, you know it's like and you don't have um, a giant nest egg and all that it all comes from this it all comes from sphere.
2: Well, and, and you should want it to, by the way, because those are the people that when you go to yeah. the appointment, they, they listen to you. Which we and talked about, yeah. I think,
0: in the last episode. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, so just to give you some ideas, most were from past client and sphere. So if you're building your sphere, you have a sphere and you haven't talked to anybody recently, the first thing you would look to do to like, I need to generate a listing, would be to go to all of those people. And you could probably narrow it down and say, of this of these people who are homeowners right because people who are renters aren't going to have a house to sell um who who of these people are homeowners and then who have owned their house for 7 to 10 years and if you just did a little campaign to those people over the course of a couple weeks of calls texts emails seeing if they have that 7 year itch mm-hmm. you'd probably shake out a listing
0: and I would go one step further and just because those if, – if you're a younger agent, your sphere is 200 people, just contact everybody. Well, yes. You know what you I should mean? Be, like, you do should not, do that anyways, but I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, I know, but you, you give people the opportunity to say, well, I'm not going to call this person. They don't own the ha- house or I'm not going to – this is for listings and stuff and it's like every – it's not those people. It's who those it's people It's who know.
2: they know. Yes, 100%. And then that that's –
0: Don't give – our listeners or anybody, the I'm opportunity just saying, to not call somebody. Because. I'm just saying
2: that you could target those people with a little bit more specific campaign. Yeah. Because those people might be interested in selling um, and or at least curious. Yeah. And then that could fill your pipeline over the next six months if you know that they have that desire. So that's a, a good starting point. The farming ones that you heard a few farm in there. That is the long game. That's something that takes a really long time to procure and you've got to do it consistently over time. So don't start farming unless you're going to do this for like years. Right.
0: and You have to put it in your monthly budget and plan on spending whatever that is to farm forever. Yeah. Like it's not, oh, I'm just going to send out these postcards to this neighborhood and wait for the phone to ring, which so, we've talked about a million times. That doesn't work. You've got to plan on sending out those postcards once a month or whatever it is, basically forever to I get was, anything off of it.
2: I was gonna say, um, the on the sphere, you were like, don't tell people not to call the whole sphere. That's not what I meant. Um but in terms of calling the sphere, the I know this this has circled around over the last year, but it still works. Like if you just call the sphere and say Hey, this is kind of random, but you know, we have buyers searching in your area. And I was wondering if you know anyone who's thinking of selling. Even if they don't, they 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 get excited. They're like, no, but I saw a house down the street that
0: Looked like they were doing looked something. Looked like they were
2: getting it ready or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's still like... A, now I've got a prospect. I wasn't driving that neighborhood. I didn't know that house was... Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing something to I that think, house. Or
0: I think my name... Or you just get... A, or you get a lead. It's like people... You don't know who, which people in your sphere walk their neighborhood every night after dinner and talk to so-and-so and so-and-so and this person down the street's getting ready to move and it's like you have no idea. Yeah. But if you don't contact those people all the time... They will not think twice about you. They have their own lives to live. Yeah. They're had, not think they're not thinking about it. Why would they?
2: I had, um, okay, I'm gonna tell a quick story. Uh one of our, our past clients who bought a home in a neighborhood um that we have other buyers that were heavily looking in that specific neighborhood. Um, I messaged her one day. Actually I call I called her and I talked to her, but she was busy and she was like Oh, I think I know of a couple houses that look like they're vacant, and I don't know what's going on with them, but it might be worth looking into. So not direct leads. It's not like she gave me personal contact info, but I then went and looked up the properties, and one had just closed. like It was obviously like an off-market sale. And then the other one, though, um, had been owned by the same people for a really long time long story short that house did just get listed now I didn't list it because I, I we did mail to them and we te- attempted to the best we could I just didn't know who those people were or how to reach them other than to send a direct mail piece and I think it was owned by family members mm-hmm. but the point is that could it could have resulted in a listing if I had the ability to reach them or maybe I maybe I didn't get to them soon enough like mm-hmm. maybe I could have had an opportunity if i'd you know, mailed to them before maybe they already had an agent. I don't know the full story. All I know is they just they gave me a prospective listing. Right. Just by asking, Do you know any houses? And she she's like, I don't know if there's people, I don't know these people. I don't know if they're thinking of selling, but their house looks like it's abandoned. Right. And it just got listed. And I was like, darn it. Yeah. (laughs) So your your people are they're good. They're like on the ground. Um, It's a street team. It's a street team. If you really utilize it like that, like build good, strong relationships with people and they want to help you. And you're going to
0: find, you're going to have 200 people in that list and there's going to be 15 to 30 of them who are like,
2: who who are like on it. Yeah.
0: To help you. Yeah. Like they're going out of their way to help. There's always going to be the and it's going to be people that you never expected. Your best friend is never going to send you <laughs> a, a, a lead, but some random person on your sphere that you sort of knew is all of a sudden going to you're going to get phone calls from them four times a year. Yeah. You know, with with people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. People want to help. They really do. So just keep you have to stick to the system. The systematic follow up of those people and then those results show up and to a certain degree, you don't know when that's going to happen either, but you can more you can better prepare for it and say, you know, I'm going to have this many pieces of business. Well, if from you, this Right. Category. That's
0: that's true. But also by by being consistent with it you don't get on that roller coaster of where i've got a bunch of i have a bunch of stuff in the pipeline and now i i fell off track and i stopped contacting people and now i'm seeing the results of not calling people for 3 months and my pipeline is empty and so now i've got to call everybody again by being consistent with it there's always a drip in that pipeline there's always there's always somebody new coming online and stuff you just can't stop doing it it's the most important thing it's why you're supposed to do it in the morning right
2: yeah oh um <laughs> so well so once you get the appointment then becomes the challenge of well you first you got to hold it right <laughs> and holding it i don't i don't think yeah.
0: How to take the reservation <laughs> you don't know how to hold the reservation that's what seinfeld <laughs>
2: um i i i think we've not had an issue so much with holding appointments uh, listing appointments yeah but let's also think about the sources right yeah. if you can keep if you can get your top sources to be people that are being referred right. or are coming to you You're, because of an expert yeah. None of those. Area. None
0: of those were fizbos or expired. Yeah. If you, so, if you if you go back and listen to that list, so that's why if fizbos expireds, uh, yeah. Random people that you don't really know. There's more of an opportunity for people to go. Yeah, we decided not to, or we already went with somebody, or we or they mm-hmm. flake or whatever. You know. Yeah.
2: So. Holding the appointment, if it's the source that knows you or or at least knows of you, is probably going to happen. the The hardest part in all of this, and some people might argue that is getting the appointment. I think it's actually probably the taking um, at the appointment. And we talk about we've talked about this before. You have to know what appointment you're going on. Mm-hmm. There's different. Yeah. There's different appointments, okay? Yeah. And I know like some people will come at you and say, well, you should be able to get paperwork signed no matter what you're going into. Well, that is just not true and I don't buy it. Um, so here's what I think. I think you've got three different types of appointment. You've got a pre-listing appointment, which are people that have an interest in selling, but they're nowhere near the place to like-
0: Where they're ready.
2: Yeah. May, maybe they. Um, maybe they have a- Let's give some examples they might be getting a job in a different location mm-hmm. and so they want to know should we take this job mm-hmm. right like does it make sense for us to sell our house and move to this other location financially and they need some information to make that next step then then you've got the actual listing appointment these people maybe their house isn't 100% ready but they're definitely moving and they're definitely selling their house and then you have somebody that's like it's more of a FISBO appointment where they're really, consi- they might not have even told you, but they're really considering selling it themselves. They're kind of using you for information. Mm-hmm. There's three different types of scenarios you're walking into. And so to expect to walk out of each of those by saying the exact same thing and and leaving with paperwork signed is not realistic. Right. So I was like, do we need to take a break or should I keep going with this ramble? <laughs>
0: You can keep going. Keep
2: going. Okay. In the pre-listing scenario, I don't always go through a full listing consultation. It depends on the scenario. Most of the time I do because I don't want to, um, let's say I walk into something thinking it's a pre-listing appointment, but they think it's a listing consultation and mm. they're making a decision and I just don't know it. So I most of the time will do a full listing presentation with them. Be but be pre-listing I'm giving-
0: if it's a... Specifically, past client or sphere or something like that, where you know you probably have the listing, so and you're just over there to kind of kick the tires a little bit and give them a little. Uh,
2: I'll give point you them in a direction. I'll give you a specific you? example of an appointment I went on recently, where there is a desire to move somewhere else. There are no specific plans. In fact, the desire to move somewhere else, it's a couple different places that mm-hmm. are being explored. So there's no specific plans, no specific timeline, but they want to explore how much could they get for their house? Could they make this move? Does it make sense to do that?
0: Then once they know that, then they can say, okay, well, we were looking at Portland and we were looking at Asheville and we were like, so how much our house is there and what can we get for this house? It's going to justify and probably dictate where they end up moving yeah by how much they can make on this house they can't make a decision of where they're going to move until they know those things right? now that's so, a,
2: that's very loose right like yeah. that's yeah uh, could almost potentially be a waste of time mm-hmm. and so that appointment is 30 minutes or less in and out mm-hmm. and for the most part we're just going to talk generalities about okay we'll like build rapport yeah like yeah and understand in the last episode Understand a little I'm, I'm going to refresh my memory So let's say it is like a past client I'm going to refresh my memory on the house And see what improvements they've done
0: Be like oh yeah I remember these two
2: <laughs> Well I always remember the people No
0: but I remember their dynamic
2: <laughs> And I'm going to uh, Assess the situation a little bit more and we will talk about numbers and I'll pull up the multiple listing service and we'll look at some comparables together, but it's much looser. And I'm going to say, okay, so this is kind of roughly today. These are some sales that look similar to yours. Obviously, if you're moving six months from now, none of this matters. So tell me more about like your, your ideal situation, your ideal time frame, And I'm really trying to understand more about their motivation than I could get on a quick phone call Mm -hmm. and just continuing to build the relationship. So if they don't decide to move, yes, I spent 30 minutes with them, but guess what? I'm probably going to list their house at some point in their lifetime. So that was still 30 minutes well spent. I'm not going to pull out the listing presentation and talk commission or anything else. And here is why. When we get into the listing packages later, I'll talk more about this, but I don't know if you list your house today, I know roughly what things cost, I know what commission rates are, I know what we should do. If you list your house next year, mm. the market could be completely well, yeah, different.
0: Look at where we are now. I might need 6 to, months ago.
2: I might need to do a lot more to get your house sold. So mm. I can't I can't go into too many specifics in that kind of appointment. It's really just a it's almost like a favor. Mm-hmm. Um, And we
0: always say set expectations. Well, the expectations you would set for a house that's being listed today is different expectations than six months from now. You don't know what those expectations are because it's in the future. Yeah. But you can't possibly set expectations today of what you're going to do, what this is going to be like, all of those things for a house that's going to actually get listed six months down the road.
2: So, but we always, Kayla, you always prepare the listing presentation no matter what for now. No no matter what because I'll tell you a different example I set what I thought was a pre-listing consultation because on the phone they made it sound like the house was in need of a lot of things and that they really weren't sure when they were moving and it was very vague and so when we set the appointment I set it as a pre-listing consultation and then I got to the house and I was like oh no. They have clearly been working and this this house looked great. It looked photo ready. And they were telling me all the things that they'd been doing over the last few months. And I'm like, oh, no, these people are moving towards the goal of getting their house on the market. It just may be in two or three months mm-hmm. because of like a job or whatever, but they want to sell. This is happening. And then I'm going to shift gears and I, I have my listing packet. I have my listing presentation and I'm going to shift and do that, even if it means it takes two hours. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just kidding listing consultation you can get out the door in 45 minutes I've done it many times but some people take a little longer
1: you're building rapport (laughs) for two hours
2: um in that situation though i'm going to shift and i'm going to do the full listing consultation cuz i can immediately see that that, that this is what's needed mm-hmm. and i could actually potentially get listing paperwork signed even if it's two months in advance or i could get a commitment to sell signed so those are two different appointments the listing consultation i'm going to pull out my presentation we're going to talk about average days on market price commission net time that we'll have it listed like our um average days on market, um, what am I trying to say? Listing period. Like, are we going to do a three, four, six month listing? We're going to talk about all that stuff as long as it's like in the near future Mm -hmm. because I feel comfortable doing that. And then the other appointment is if you get a vibe that these people are potentially just using you for information, (laughs) then you might shift it to more of a for sale by owner presentation, which is really about um, in in bold, uh, Diana kokoska has a script that it's called the problem presentation, and you're really kind of trying to talk them out of doing it on their own, but you have to get them to kind of admit that that's a consideration, right? And one of the things on the pre-qualification script that you're supposed to ask, and I don't always ask, <laughs> um, is you know, have you considered selling yourself? Right. And people, including myself. Skip that question. You
0: shouldn't skip that question. That's a, that's listen to this guy. No kidding. It's, it's, well, I mean, it's a very direct question. People, you hit people with a direct question like that. You, they get caught so much off guard. They're not going to lie. And if they do, you're going to see it all over their face because they're going to have to lie directly to you. You're asking them. You're not dancing around it, reading in between the lines, kind of like, I think they got it. I think they understood what I was saying or or whatever. There's none of that. It's a direct question and they have to lie to your face. Most people aren't going to lie to your face. They're going to tell you the truth, you know, especially if you're in front of them and not on the phone. Yeah. They're going to tell you exact the truth because you ask them a direct question. Most people aren't liars like that. And and if if they are, you'll you chances are you're going to see it. So I would that question is I get guess it could make you feel a little uncomfortable to ask that question because you're afraid of what the answer might be.
2: I think it's it's that, and it's also like you almost don't want to give them the idea.
0: Yeah, they've already had the idea. <laughs> well, that's, that's why they called you.
2: That's the whole point. Is they're, like
0: they've either already decided I'm going to use this person, or I'm go- actually looking for an agent. It's one or the other. Well, and and they've made it the decision already.
2: Wouldn't you rather know? And I yeah. have to, I have to remind myself that all the time. Like, wouldn't you rather know? Number two. Well, things. that's what
0: I just said. I think people are afraid. They're afraid of the answer they're going to get because so well, you, you just don't ask the question. Well, because
2: you want to believe that you're going into the appointment right. and that it's a listing appointment. But wouldn't you rather know that what you're going into is is an appointment with somebody who is considering selling themselves and you're actually not trying to convince them why you're the best choice. You're trying to convince them that they should use a real estate agent. Right. That's a big difference. It's a huge difference. And so asking that question and then also asking if they're interviewing other people, it lets you know what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, so there's three different things. And, um, if you can get them all to sign great, I just, I, I believe that it's worth mentioning that there are times that you're going to go on an appointment where the people are not really in a position to sign any kind of listing paperwork. And even if you got it signed, it's kind of arbitrary, right? If you guys, the, the, the pre-listing one I described, what if they tell, they don't even have a place like they don't even know where they want to move to. They just know they want to get out of Florida. Yeah, don't blame them on that one. It's freaking hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it to get something signed. I probably could. And to what end? Like we don't have a timeline. We don't know where you're going, when you're going. It's really a courtesy appointment to kind of check in on things Mm -hmm. and say, I have somebody for my pipeline if I can help fill the solution.
0: Unless you have have an, an opening, which is we need help. We need help in making decisions of what we need to do to this house to get it ready to sell. That's your opening to be able to say, well that I'm that's actually a specialty of mine is to is to do that and stuff and I would love to be able to help you but in yeah. order in order to do that we have to promise we have to sign something saying we're going to work together so that I can give you all of my expertise yeah. That kind of a thing, you know. So, if you have an opening because well, they have a bunch of work to do, then you can get paperwork signed. And you don't just give out a bunch of a bunch of information of how to get the house ready and then they say, "See you later, we're listening with this guy. He's doing it for a half a percent less than you."
2: Well, that is exactly what we're going to talk about next with the commission packages. All right,
0: well, let's uh let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about that.
2: Okay. <laughs> The ThinkLiveBee team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. B Be is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at ThinkLiveBee.com. And we're back. Okay, what was I about to get into? Packages, listing commission packages. So, well, let's call them marketing packages. It's a better way to term that because that's really what it is. It's an outline of the things you're going to do to sell the house, and then what commission rate you're charging. So, we had we had like a full episode, I think, about yeah, this concept.
0: Main point being that uh, well, you give people, people options. Give people options about what they can get with you and all of a sudden that becomes their choice versus you versus them yeah, versus yeah. another agent.
2: Yeah. And it. I, I've been saying in my script that um, basically there's no one size fits all. And I do kind of believe that like sometimes there's situations where – I don't need to do all of these things.
0: Sometimes you don't need drone shots. Sometimes you do.
2: Right. And and yet drone shots cost more. So there obviously there should be a higher commission rate for something that's going to cost you more. I mean, it makes logical sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think for consumers, they feel like, well, they, they're always going to feel better when they have a choice in the matter instead of you just saying, nope, that's the rate that I do. And then they're like, well, but the other person said they do it for this. Mm-hmm. And then... Then you feel like, well, okay, if, first of all, if you explained everything you're going to do and then you're like, okay, well, I guess we can do it for that. Well, now you got to do all the things yeah. that you said you were going to do that you normally do and you're taking a lesser commission. This way, you're giving them options and you're you're also potentially saving yourself money because you're not over-promising on something when you haven't discussed what commission rate right. that they're going to choose yet.
1: Yeah, And, and, I,
0: and they don't, se- sellers think that, all of you realtors are all the same and you guys all do the same thing. So when one person says, I'll do it for this percentage and then the other person comes in with a half a percentage more, they think that the other person is doing all of the same stuff. Yes. Right? So, so and and try to, go ahead and try to explain that to a seller. They're not, their eyes are going to glass over. They're not going to know.
2: Okay, so know. here's a couple of things that I've learned from doing this now since March. Um. Okay. It's a lot to read like on the page. Mm. Sorry. So Pat designed the 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 thing and the problem is, is that they're not actually reading it. Yeah. And you don't it, it, you can't read it off to them. That's that's insane. Like mm-hmm. that's not what a consultation is. A consultation you want to them to be doing more of right. the talking. Because
0: the packages are let's just say there's 1, 2 and 3 packages. One being the lowest commission two being the middle, and three being the highest commission. Well, three has everything that one has and two has plus bonus stuff. So you start with the lowest commission one, right? And then you have to go through all of the stuff in the lowest commission one a second time when you get to stage two. And then you have to go through it again. All of a sudden, it's – and you've already talked about a bunch of other things. They showed you around the house. You sort of gave them some staging stuff. You gave them all of the – pricing and it's like and now it's like it's so it's too much
2: it's too much and what i found is they say oh can you send me a copy of that because i want to look over it (laughs) right and then it's like well now i can't get this thing signed because they want to look over they want to look over this before they make a decision so learning how to overcome that and and what i found is i also have issues myself because i'm almost like talking them out of the higher package (laughs) what? (laughs) Because I don't want to do drone photography for some listings. Like I don't think. No,
0: I know. Well, I I, I mean, we've said before is, is people want your expertise and you say, these are, these are the three different packages. I would, if I, if I were you and this was my property, this was my house, I would go with this package. I think this is the package that fits best for you. So
2: that is...
0: And which is usually package two in the middle. It's not the cheapest. It's not the most expensive.
2: So that is kind of where I've been going and and so I've, I've kind of been talking people out of the highest one because I truly believe that most of these houses that haven't, you mm-hmm. know, they don't need all of that stuff and and here's the key point of what i'm about to say and why i'm talking about this today they don't need all that stuff in this market right so another thing that's been happening is that well up up until like a couple weeks ago um, things were flying off the shelf you have less than seven days on the market and people perceive like well i i don't think i need package number two because this house is going to sell in seven days right like we don't need i don't need that blah 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 so i'm ending up selling the lower end package more often than not right which has been fine in a you know, a market where things are moving that quickly, it really, you really have to think about it. If a house sells in seven days. You
0: don't have to have those Friday conversations for weeks and weeks telling them how many people came to I don't put in as much time. Right.
2: We didn't necessarily need the full walkthrough video. Right. Right. So it's okay to do the basic package. It really is. It makes logical sense. You can see why a consumer would, would accept that. Not and,
0: running as many ads for and, the house and, and, I and I can and,
2: say to myself, like, I can be okay with that. But what I realized was, um, so I was sitting in an appointment a week ago, probably, and I didn't pull out the packages at all because I realized there was a lot that was going to go into getting the house ready for sale. And that meant that we were going to have to do a staging plan, period. Like, there was no way around it. Even if they said, well, I don't need that. Like, I just want the basic one. I didn't want to give that to them as an option. Right. So, I didn't pull out... You called an audible. Yeah. I didn't pull out the packages. And I just went with what I felt was what was going to be needed to sell this house. And...
0: Is that the one that I do the mock-up on?
2: Yeah. And and we went with it and we signed a commitment to sell because there's so much to do. Like we're, we're having it. We can't sign like full listing paperwork cause there's so much to do, but the commitment to sell establishes the rate establishes when we'll get paperwork signed and we'll choose a price at that time. And we give like a range of, of value of where it's going to be so that we're all on the same page, but that they know this is the rate that we're agreeing to today. So I think you have to with every single appointment you go on, it's every situation is just different and you just have to ex- accept that and know that sometimes I'm going to pull these out because so I can tell that this person needs choice. And sometimes I'm going to decide for them because I know what my time is worth and I know what this is going to take. And the reason I I bring up the timing is because, okay, just in the last week, we've listed a couple of properties. Properties that Two three weeks ago would have sold overnight. At least one of them. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But things are not moving at Mm. the same rate. So say that
0: quietly. (laughs) You're like all of a a sudden went real quiet. (laughs)
1: Things weren't selling quickly. You guys, the market might be shifting,
2: (laughs) and. But we don't know exactly what it's going to do. We don't know how long this is really going to take. But you better start preparing for the reality that you might have to, you know, put in instead of, by the way, this, this takes me to another topic of um, the, the listing period. So it used to be six months from the time that I started in real estate up until like a year ago, it was a six month agreement. No one even asked for anything less. Like that's just what we did. And so
0: think about that. Why would that be normal? Because it takes
2: time to sell. It takes three house.
0: months to sell the house and then 30 days to close.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. So that makes make sense. Now, all of a sudden, it's, you know, in the last year, it's like three months because they knew because the idea was you'd be under contract in five days.
2: And and I still have done four month agreements, not three months, um, even though, yes, the average days on market was like 30. Um, So could like in real in reality like would a 90 day agreement be okay yeah probably could have i think we took one we we've taken one that was 90 days um and the but the thing is is that normally things don't sell that quickly mm-hmm. so when we were doing the shorter agreements it was a, a pivot mm-hmm. to be competitive with other agents because people started to ask like well how long is your listing agreement and if you say 6 months when everyone else is doing
0: they're like what do you, three what months, do you mean 6 are you you're telling me you're not going to sell this house for 6 months right that's what they hear
2: so so pivoting again understand that it's going to take longer and you need to start preparing for that because if i took a 90 day listing right now based mm-hmm. on what i'm seeing this week yeah. um that would be a, a bad use of business funds yeah because it's unlikely that it will sell that quickly. And then you've spent all that money. Like you want people who are serious and committed to getting their house sold and that are willing to do what it takes. Mm-hmm. And so um, at a minimum, you know, I would say take whatever the average days on market is for that specific home, not Orlando in general, like, or your area in general, whatever the average days for that specific type of property and at least double it mm-hmm. um, for your time frame like right now in in our area the average is like in the 20 days for mo- for like average homes, right? But if I take one that's maybe 7 800,000, that could be 75 days. Mm-hmm. So I need to take an extra long listing period, but from a seller's perspective, they're thinking they still think that their house is like every other house. Yeah. So you really have to show them that data during the Uh, listing consultation and and set those expectations in advance well it's really tricky right now because if i look at
0: right you're the last few months if i'm looking at sold right
2: over the last few months yeah i'm looking at historical data yeah so that's why it's so important to look at sold pending active yeah it tells you what direction you're going. So if I look at sold and the average days for a similar type home is 20 days. And then I look at pending and the average days was 40. And then I'll look at the active competition and there's four other homes for sale and they're still sitting there and the average days on market is 80. Well, expect it to take even longer than that. Yeah. Because that means the direction is going, the days on market is going up and you're gonna need twice that, that long. Yeah
0: you're gonna need the space f- to be able to do to get it sold
2: unless your seller is willing to price it more competitively like these are ways you can right. discuss well you want to get your house sold in 30 well the average days for all these active listings is 80
0: right so what do you think you have to do in order in to in order them- to get it sold faster them- than all of the other I guess houses I have to have a lower price that's right yeah that's right that's what you have to do okay. um what this- do you think
2: that's weird like i just literally remembered scripts from back it's, in it's, the day. It's still in there. It's in there it's somewhere. It's in
0: there. What? still in there. <laughs> what, um, so when it comes, now that you've been using these packages, these different rated packages of, uh, you know, this one's this percent, this one's a half percent more, does that having, do you think that having those options has helped in getting, taking listings? Or is it just more confusing? Or by giving people those options... That seems to be like oh you have, like where other maybe they've interviewed other agents who didn't have that and they're like oh you have this that's cool I haven't seen that before or whatever has if you come across that
2: I feel like and I don't know that we have enough data mm-hmm. to really track this but I feel like it helps get more listings because it opens up the conversation to discuss it. So, I think I, I might have talked about this this one appointment that I had not that long ago where people people do have a tendency also to want to get kind of a la carte with things. Right.
0: I like, yeah, they want the lowest package, but... Can you throw this can in? Can you throw this in and throw this in? When We'd like to have the drone shots if possible. Yeah. Right? So, they want the package and then they want add-ons. But and you have the freedom to do okay. that if you feel like you should, right? And if
2: you work...
0: Is he eating the wall? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Idiot
2: (laughs) Our dog is eating chunks of plaster From a wall that's under construction Um, So that's cool
0: (laughs) He's so dumb
2: Oh he's so cute though But yes I think it opens up the conversation Which in the past I think I've lost listings before um, Where you go over commission You talk about it it's not that you're hiding it you talk about it but then they say okay well we're gonna think about it and you use the objection like well other you know w- you know other than meeting with another agent is there any other reason you wouldn't list with me and you're trying to get at it but people don't want to they don't want to seem cheap like i feel mm. like people don't like to tell you right that the reason they're not willing to work with you is because they don't want to pay that much or that they somebody else told them that they could do it for less like they don't really like to say that and so so this gives them an opportunity to discuss commission Mm -hmm. and it also gives you an opportunity yeah to get creative if you need to um at first i think
0: having this locked in like this is what we do this is what it costs i think when we can open up that conversation
2: when we first did the packages i was like I knew that people were going to try to do that. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to do that. And then when the first person kind of asked for it, I was like,
1: yeah. I'll throw Why that not?
0: In. It doesn't cost anything more. It's like not that big of a deal. Well,
2: like I have to decide, now, right?
0: Now they feel like I'm. and If you're like, yeah, well, I can throw that in, then all of then a sudden you're, you're giving, g- them, you're giving value. them something. Yeah, you're giving them something. Somebody else isn't giving them.
2: So I can decide. So for example, it, on the basic plan, there is no staging plan. There's no custom staging plan. We give them our general tips that we've outlined in a PDF, but there's no custom staging plan. The in the enhanced package, there is. So if I see a house that I really feel like needs a staging plan, first of all, then I could choose to throw that in for them. And you can also
0: make it as minimal as you want it to be because you're deciding to put something like that in. Like you don't have to spend the same amount of time that you would on somebody who wanted that specifically as a.
2: And I'm not saying that that does cost money in terms of it costs time. And so Kayla outlines the staging plan for me. Like I'd send her the photos and she outlines it. And then I go back in and make adjustments and add other things as needed. So there is a cost to it, but it is mostly time. And so can I trade a little bit of time to make the house sell for more and Mm -hmm. um, make them feel like they've gotten value? Because they have. They've gotten something that will help them get more money for their house and not raise the commission. I can choose to do that. Or I can say, well, hey, you really wanted us to do like you want the, the staging
0: plan. You also want virtual staging. You, you want, want virtual this, stag- you want that. It's like, that's the other plan, man.
2: Well, right. <laughs> if it's like multiple <laughs> yeah. things, but let's say it's just like, well, we're moving out of the house. And so I think it would be helpful to have the virtual staging, but I don't really think we need all the other stuff. Okay. Well then how about we add like a little quarter percent,
0: hmm. you
2: know, that way I'm covering my costs yeah. and the extra time. It opens and-
0: up... It opens up the dialogue rather than it just being, this is it. And you're giving people those options in today's day and age where you can go onto a Chipotle app and put anything that you want on a taco. It's like giving people the option to customize or at least feel like they're customizing their their specific situation is a good thing. That's what people want to do. Now you give them the option, right? It's just like, you can order the th- the the number one or the number two or the number three on the board. If you want to, you can do that or you we can customize this a little bit. Well, People want that.
2: Everybody's different. Okay. So remember yesterday we were trying to order acai bowls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I...
0: I customized mine f- you made to, the, it, f- to the fullest.
2: Like you made it all your own. Mm-hmm. And I looked at all the different options and I was like... Ugh.
0: Just give me the, just give me that one that's like, already pre-made.
2: This one looks good. Yeah, I still got choice mm-hmm. in the You mix. had the choice.
0: You could have done the other one. You just do, pick that because it was easier. Well, some so, people are like that.
2: So in that example, like or Chipotle, for example, like there's well, Chipotle is kind of create your own from like they don't have specific things, but they they don't give you an overwhelming number of options. Right. They give you choice though. Yeah. And I think that's that's what you have to fine tune this into okay we've got three choices
0: mm-hmm.
2: so choose one mm-hmm. and then for those people who really want to feel like pizza is better pizza is a good analogy yeah
0: pizza is a better analogy they got pizza's the, just better, they've got period. the specialty the eight specialty <laughs> what pizzas is
2: it? time is money. money money is power power, power is, pizza. is pizza
0: yeah <laughs> they give you the eight the eight specialty pizzas and then they've got the one gluten-free crust thin crust Thick crust, Sicilian crust, and then what kind of sauce do you want on it? Is there a barbecue, spicy marinara, and then all the toppings. Oh, now stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm just hungry. You're building all of that, all of that stuff. For some people, like me, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I can kind of create whatever I want. For other people, they're just gonna pick one of those eight. Yeah, and that's it. You know what I mean? So it's like, but having the option versus, hey, we have four pizzas, pick one. You know what that's, I... People are going to be like, I don't want to go there. They only have those four things on the menu. Uh, that's, I, I don't want, uh, you know. So. One,
2: one of the things that I, ha- I have not said yet, I have not used this in my scripts, um, but I want to, because I was thinking about it the other day, is um, the, the middle package. So there's three. The middle package is what... Mu- for the I've been doing this a long time for the most part that has been the commission rate period right like over my 15 year career up until recently I probably could count on one hand the number of times that, that wasn't that commission rate and that might have lost some listings over the years but the point of this story is not that is that so when i say you know we are on average our average list to sales price ratio is x and that's 3 to 4% higher than the average agent. That's based on the middle package. Right. And so I've not said that to anyone, but I was thinking about like how do I get people to like not choose the middle the one. one, yeah. And I realized like the value that
0: You make more money if you pick the middle one. If you that's pick the, the, the middle point. one. That's the
2: point. It's 1% higher. Yeah. And yet on average you're going to earn 3 to 4% higher. Right that's the math. That's Those are just true facts because yeah. we've been tracking this for so long that I can feel confident saying that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you haven't been tracking your list to sales price ratio, you don't have enough listings to do that, you can't throw that kind of stuff in. But if if you have some numbers, like really look at what what are you getting for your sellers compared to the average agent and then why? What is different about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And that could help them choose the better option really truly for themselves as well because you can say like, if we do all of these things, you're likely to get more money. Right. So anyway, commission packages, still um, a work in progress. We'll and get back to you. We'll get back. We'll we'll fill you in again. Mm-hmm. I'll do another like six months of testing this out and tweaking things. And, yeah. But I definitely have to figure out the part about where they want to review it because it's too much. Yeah. Like there's got to be a, a simpler way.
0: To, to break to, it down.
2: Yeah. Ooh, I just thought of it. Okay. And onward. Coming soon to a theater near you. Should I watch that? Wait, can I just say something? Kayla, hmm. um, Pat was working on this yesterday at some point, and I walked in, and he was like, don't look at my screen. Look <laughs> like as if I was going to cheat.
0: <laughs> I made, her, made sure she didn't see anything. Uh, so this is, uh, you guys know how to play this game. I give you a movie, and you try to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. Cat has two. Kayla,
2: goose
1: egg. Listen, I'm speaking for the people. What?
2: <laughs> I don't even know what
1: that means. I don't either, but isn't...
2: <laughs> The Rotten Tomato score is the, critics. the
0: mix. It's of, the critics. Oh, it's the critics. I'm yeah, speaking, okay. for, so the for, speaking oh. for the people. So she's talking for the people.
1: So mark that. Count that up. I got two. She's got zero. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Until the late 19th century, summers were for children to work or play in unstructured environments, tag, hide and seek, or hanging around adult work environments, returning to their families at night. As the United States industrialized and both native-born transplants and immigrants flocked to crowded northeastern cities, moral reformers and educators panicked. A new generation of children, especially boys, were, quote, missing out on the character-building, health-promoting experiences of hardy rural life. Some even mentioned the peril of, quote, dying of indoorness. A stint of summer camp surrounded by nature and engaged in hard work and healthy play all under the guidance of counselors who modeled moral uprightness was the thought to be the perfect solution. These early summer camps targeted middle-class urban boys who it was, who was feared, who, it was feared were becoming coddled by overbearing mothers and female teachers in the overly, quote, feminized realms of home and school. They needed a dose of savagery, common opinion held, lest they become sissified. Fast forward to today, and there are sports camps, religious camps, gender-specific camps, fitness camps, scouting camps, academic camps, art camps, adventure camps, and many more. In fact, there are more than 12,000 camps that— uh, that more than 11 million children attend each year. Today's theme is summer camp. We're in the middle of summer, so our theme for our movies is summer camp.
1: That's fun. Have you ever been to summer camp? I was just about to say, never been. You no, never I've been? never
0: been to summer camp.
1: I've seen the horror movies. I would not allow my parents to let me go.
0: <sighs> but even even back then you had seen them? Yep. I, I, um, I started I, reading see, I think,
1: Stephen King books when I was like I I am,
0: a, I am a creature of habit I like my bed, I like my routine even as a child I did there was no way I was going to go to some place where I didn't know anybody and sleep on some cot in a room with a bunch of other people
1: and deal with mosquitoes you do, know,
0: I was just I there did, was no part of me that was even close to being interested in anything like that
2: I did go to in high school soccer camp
0: was it a day camp?
2: It what you stay. It was like it was in high school. So like later in high school. So you actually stayed on. I think we went to FSU and we like stayed in the dorms. Um. So I don't know if that qualifies. I think so. As it's a summer camp. camp. It's a
0: sports camp. That's why I said yeah. That, was, I think so. I think there's specifics.
2: It was fun. I made zero friends. Had a great time.
0: Just just the way you like it. <laughs> okay. First question. Tripper, played by Bill Murray, is the head counselor at a budget summer camp called Camp North Star. In truth, he's young at heart and only marginally more mature than the campers themselves. Tripper befriends Rudy, a loner camper who has trouble fitting in. As Tripper inspires his young charges to defeat rival Camp Mohawk in the annual Olympiad competition, Rudy plays, plays matchmaker between Tripper and a female counselor. What is the meter score for the 1979 Ivan Reitman movie Meatballs?
1: Yeah. The tomato meter score. Bill Murray's a legend, so I'll go with. I got my number.
0: Oh, Jesus! No, I think they made like four movies. I know. After
1: I don't remember well, well this enough. Is, this is
0: 1979. It was I before know. you were born.
2: It was Bill Murray. No, I, I, I know. I've it's
0: Ivan Reitman, who was probably I'm fresh off go... the heels of Stripes.
2: I'm going to go with 74, 86.
0: The tomato meter score is. Seventy-two. Dang, it. Ooh, I almost really? got it,
2: right? Dang.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Catherine got that one. All right. All right. Next one. Have you guys ever seen that?
2: Yeah. I have. I just don't remember it.
0: Years ago. Probably on cable I mean, where they edited everything out.
2: Yeah. I mean I I've seen it more than once. I, don't think I just think
0: Nancy Stelges would have
2: <sighs> <laughs> I've seen Okayed. a lot of things that you would think that Nancy Stelges would have vetoed. <laughs>
0: Christy and her six best friends struggle to make their successful business into a full-fledged summer day camp when a group of adults led by their crotchety neighbor, played by Ellen Burson, tries to shut down the camp. The girls must band together to help keep their dream alive. What is the tomato meter score for the 1995 movie The Babysitter's Club?
2: <laughs> I love The Babysitter's Club. I was going to say, I've never
0: <laughs> seen this movie. I figured you guys would have seen it. I have. has ba- never seen it.
1: I've got Babysitter Club videos somewhere. Is that the there's one where the babysitter dies in the living room. That's not this. No, you're no, the, thinking of um. Don't tell mom the babysitter's okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. This,
0: yeah. I, I, I think that. this is based on a series of books. It, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
2: the Babysitters Club. Yeah. It's a series oh, of all right, excellent books. <laughs> teen, um,
0: teen books.
2: Uh, I'm gonna say that this is the critic. The critics' score. Yeah. I'm gonna go with pretty
0: pretty famous. Movie. I got my number. I, don't know what the. Uh,
1: oh, you have to go first this time. Oh, okay. I'm going to say 76. I'm going to say 52.
0: The tomato meter score is 67.
1: How, who's closer? would you say? I said 52. 76. Me.
0: 76. That's <laughs>
1: <laughs> math. <laughs>
0: that's nine. And then you said what? 52.
2: That she. That's more. she yeah. Yes. Kayla got that one. <laughs> yes too early to do math, guys. (laughs) (laughs) He's actually really good with math on the fly like that. I
0: know. It's not. I'm not.
2: Not firing. Uh, Okay. Well, so what was the final? 60 something? Right then. 67. I have to go back and watch it. I have the videos, the the VHS. Was
0: it like a TV show or something? No,
2: there were several like. Oh, there were
0: more than one movie.
2: Yeah. I just think this one was like a a bigger movie. And then the ones I have are like. Straight to video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The straight to video ones are good, though. I'm sure they're not. Definitely in a box somewhere in our house. (laughs) I'm sure sure they're not. That I took from my mom's house.
0: All right, next, next one. The year is 1965 and the residents of New Penzance inhabit a community that seems untouched by some of the bad things going on in the rest of the world. 12-year-old Sam and Susie have fallen in love and decide to run away, but a violent storm is approaching the island, forcing a group of quirky adults to mobilize a search party and find the youths before a calamity strikes, starring Bruce Willis, Ed Norton, Bill Murray, Frances McDormand, and Tilda Swinton. What is the meter score for 2012 Wes Anderson movie? Moonrise Kingdom,
1: with Bill and Bruce. I'm gonna see it. <laughs> I didn't even know this one existed. Um, I'm gonna guess.
0: Hey, let's uh hold off one second. Okay. okay
2: yes. Okay. Okay, we've got some bad news, guys. Kayla has never heard of Wes Anderson.
0: I just ran through the list of movies from. Rushmore all the way up until yesterday, and uh, she not only has not seen them, but has never heard of any of them. I haven't heard of them, so we're gonna have to. We're sending her home to watch Rushmore to yeah. start there.
1: Yes, let's start there.
0: Okay, let's start there. I'll then.
1: be sure to watch Rushmore, not Rush Hour.
0: Yeah, she's like, is that the one with Jackie Chan?
1: <laughs> no, Bruce Lee. Oh.
0: Bru- well, it wouldn't have been Bruce Lee anyway.
1: Who? Why? Because Rush Hour was been...
0: Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're gonna, I got to put together a list for her. We're
1: going to get
2: her up to speed on modern uh, <laughs> modern movies.
0: All right. Next question. Wait, who got that one? We didn't, didn't oh, pick a number. Oh. No. Oh, okay. So what is it?
1: You go first. I got my number. Um, What
2: are we doing? Moonrise Kingdom. Um, 72.
0: Oh, 77. The tomato meter score is 93. Wow. Wow. So Kayla got that one. I yeah.
1: got that one. That was just by default. But that was well, just that, that, that works. But that's a point so for Kayla's me. Kayla's
0: got two. Catherine's got one. Yeah.
1: Kayla's winning. Say that.
0: Kayla's winning. Okay, next question. Two identical twin sisters separated at birth by their parents' divorce are reunited years later at summer camp where they scheme to bring their parents back together. The girls, one of whom has been living with their mother and the other with their father, switch places after camp and go to work on their plan, the first objective being to sc- scare off a gold digger pursuing their father. What is the tomato score for the 1961 movie The Parent Trap?
1: Why are you doing this version? Parent Trap because is just great because it's the first version. <laughs> um okay. You go. 89. Um
2: okay. I don't know if this holds up or anything. I mean, I know they've done reiterations of it that weren't as good, but You're trying to
0: parent trap me. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: I'm in gonna... What's that from? Oh, it's from New Girl. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, she's trying to get them. her parents back <laughs> together. Um I'm going to guess. What would you say, Kayla? 89. <laughs> Oh, I was just oh, about to sorry. say 89. Uh, Are you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess. Oh, geez, this is a tough one. I'm going to say 75.
0: The tomato meter score is 90. What?
2: I almost, almost got, got, it got it on the nose. Well, I was going to say 89, but then once you were in the 80s, I was like, well, I'm not going higher than that. Yeah. Um. So.
0: Well, you Kayla got that one. I think Kayla wins. Oh, so there's not another one? There is another one. Oh. But we're doing but, she's, it. but she's already... Beating you by enough to where even if you get this one, you but, still lose. But you're but gonna ask it. because you work so hard. Up to unless you get it, unless you get it on the nose and get double points. If you get it on the nose and you get double points, it's a tie.
2: But I assume you're building up to something. What do you mean? Which is the mm-hmm. summer, summer camp movie that we just watched? recently. <laughs>
0: I don't know.
1: You got to do the last question. You work so hard. I, on I don't it. think so. But, what,
0: what do you think? What are you thinking of? <laughs> wet hot american summer yeah no that's not in here. it's
1: not in here no. come on Bat.
0: and that no that's not in here and by the way what do you th- oh, just for just for fun so just for fun what do you think
2: the tomato yes now for- think
0: think of not how much you like it what critics thought of wet no. hot american summer
2: i think they gave it a. 82
0: no it's like a 31 really uh-huh. yeah
2: <laughs> But I thought they would appreciate... No, that, the, I don't
0: think people... Get, I don't think...
2: The critics didn't get I don't it. Think,
0: I don't think they got it, yeah. Um, okay last question eager to carry on his older brother's legacy matt stifler masterminds a school prank that lands him in serious trouble banished to a band campus punishment matt rails against his geeky surroundings but has a ch- change of heart when he encounters the lovely elise his childhood love interest what is the tomato meter score for the 2005 american pie presents band camp yeah,
2: i think i go first um i got my number I haven't seen this in so long. You saw
0: this movie, Bandcamp?
2: Yeah. yeah, this was like right. This was wait, wait, okay, one two thousand
0: five. Okay, two thousand
2: five. Yeah, like
0: no, I've never seen this.
1: One time in Bandcamp.
0: I know. I know that line, and I know that that's from American Pie two thousand five. This is Bandcamp. American Pie is Bandcamp. Oh
2: no, I have not seen this. This is okay. Bandcamp
0: with with Matt Stifler, who is
2: is that his brother?
0: Yes, Matt. Yes, his older heard... brother's legacy, oh, Matt Stifler.
2: Okay, I So I'm this is
0: the next this. generation, two thousand five, not
2: American Pie. Okay, yes. um, okay. Well, then I'm gonna Band guess. Camp.
0: It's it. It says American Pie presents. Okay. Bandcamp.
2: Got it.
1: I'm gonna guess um thirty six. Why? <laughs> I was gonna say thirty one, and I'm sticking to it.
0: <laughs> okay. The Tomato Meter score is
1: fifty four. That
2: is a higher score
1: than Wet that Hot American Summer.
2: was Hold on. Let's really yeah. find out.
1: That was surprising. It is.
2: It's 38%. For what? Wet, American? Hot, Wet Hot American Summer is 38%. So Band Camp yeah. is better than...
0: I don't think people got the humor. David Wayne and Michael Showalter from the state are the ones who wrote that movie. Uh-huh. And- it's got an amazing cast, and it, you just have to have. If you With don't have the sense of humor, that Paul they're...
2: Rudd, uh, Amy Poehler, uh, Bradley Cooper, yeah. like all of they're these all people, in that movie. Yes, yeah. that it's, sounds but they amazing. were babies, and uh, yeah. So thirty eight percent. So Bandcamp. I guess we should watch it, right? It's better than. I guess so. <laughs> got you. Okay, just kidding. I won.
1: End of story. You
0: Small win. Kayla, you got a small win this week.
1: Yes, I had a nice uh, beach, little mini vacay to Daytona. Uh, We have friends who have a condo on the beach there, so we got to stay in their nice condo. Uh, And then we got to see an old friend. Well, not old friend. He's been a friend for over the He's eight not, years not an old person i mean he is he's like 54 so hey let's take it down. <laughs> he's older sorry <laughs> um small win
2: i we went to a uh, nursery over the weekend um for plants and it was just a nice nice little saturday yeah. like I, I was It was gonna,
0: raining we had the umbrella our feet got soaking wet yeah it was my nice. feet
2: i ruined a pair of shoes it was nice, um, we but it was really around the nursery
0: nice nursery in the rain with the t- umbrella up and stuff it was yeah It was, that was a nice. Well,
2: because I, you know, I have a tendency to open my computer and then be stuck on it all day and not really being productive, just like doing busy work stuff. And, and, and said, I said, I said, let's, let's get out of the house. And it was nice.
0: That was my idea.
2: Um, if I will let you take credit, but I'm pretty sure it was mine.
0: (laughs) And then my small win is speaking of plants and all of that stuff, is we got the front yard seeded. And I've, two days ago, and, yesterday finally started to see grass
2: it's like there's little patches of chia
0: it looks like a chia Chia pet pet. out there and um but i was just watering mud for like five days (laughs) it looks like the seed is actually starting to grow so yay matter of months we'll have uh
1: We'll have a
0: yard. We'll have a yard, so.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Nice.
0: Hey, guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. Send us your questions for the web to onseekingthebest at gmail.com. All info is in the show notes, including how to send us a voicemail. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. This has been a Think Live Be production.